Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify, wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one, because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 104 of Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and on today's podcast, we're going to have some fun today. This has been a topic that I've really been interested in for a very long time, and it is the concept of shadow work. The reason why I love shadow work so much is because there's actually some psych psychology aspect into it as well as we're going to get into and explain a little bit what is the concept of shadow work and also the 12 shadow archetypes and i was thinking about doing a two-part podcast so we'll see how this goes but it's going to be a lot of information at once but i'm super excited to deliver it for you guys so we're going to talk a little bit about carl young what led him into shadow work the whole concept of it how it relates to therapy, and then we can also talk about the 12 archetypes and how they're related to astrology in some way, shape, or form. So it's very interesting. We also have our weekly Terra as well that we're going to wrap up with. So I hope you guys just sit back and enjoy the podcast. But before we get started, like I always do for every podcast, if you guys are not a fan of the podcast but really love the content, Please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you guys listen to the podcast. Your subscriptions would really help boost the podcast overall. And if you have a friend or know someone that's really into spirituality or would like to learn some more, send them this podcast. You know, it it, it goes a long way. And if you haven't done so already, I created a Patreon earlier this month. If you guys are a big fan of the podcast, I give out weekly tarot. And also, I'll be able to do a couple free astrology readings for you guys if you are part of the Patreon. So there's plenty of things for you guys to do. I love to give back. And we're going to start our giveaway, our two-year podcast giveaway on the next podcast. So stay tuned for those details. So a lot of exciting news coming up. And uh, I just hope you guys, again, you know, are just enjoying this podcast and the overall platform. So without further ado, let's get started with our first topic. We're going to talk about what is shadow work and the whole concept of it. So shadow work, the whole concept of shadow work, it comes from the concept of the shadow self, which originates in Jungian psychology. According to Carl Jung, a personality includes the persona, which is the personality that the, that the people show to the public, and the shadow self, which remains private or hidden. Unlike the persona, the shadow self often includes traits that a person does not like to show. So Jung also did not view this shadow as negative or shameful, but it can also lead to that as well. Um, but the important thing 
that Carl Jung emphasizes is the psyche. Okay. The goal of shadow work is to assimilate the shadow. So embrace the shadow and the persona so that the person can learn how to manage impulses they usually ignore, such as anger or greed or jealousy or any of that stuff. So that is the whole point of shadow work. We all have parts of ourselves that we want to hide, that we do not want to show to the public. But the whole idea of embracing our shadows, it's the idea of working on the trauma, working on the things that we have experienced that have really impacted us, the things that we mask, the things that we hide, that we hid, that we hide from people. It can be very rewarding when we learn to embrace that side of ourselves. So I'm not saying, you know, like, like, go full out on shadow because it's easier said than done. Like, you know, like these are usually some core wounds that we are feeling. Um, But the thing with a core wound is, and like a shadow is once we embrace, it can be very rewarding. We might feel more connected to ourselves, but just adding to what Carl Jung was saying, he also believed that the collective unconscious. So our unconscious minds influence the shadow. So the things that we're doing that we're not aware of, the collective unconscious is a Jungian idea that refers to the collective memories and impulses of society as a whole. As a result, systemic issues such as racism also fit in Jung's idea of what the shadow compromises or comprises. Just as shadow work might help a person confront the parts of their personality that they usually avoid, Jung thought it might allow them to address prejudices and impulses resulting from broader social ills, right? Because we're brought up. We're not brought up learning these things, right? It's usually things that we're taught or things that we've experienced. The trauma we've been through has really shaped our own sense of perspective and the whole idea of shadow work is to help you get more connected with the parts of yourselves that you bury deep, that, that you masked, right? So here's some benefits of shadow work, right? So there's not a lot of scientific research on the effectives of, of shadow work because, again, like there's a lot of misconceptions with it because when people think of shadow work, like, oh, goodness, like it's scary or, oh, my goodness, like it's like like it's uh I don't know. It's like, depending on what religion you believe in, it could be like, oh, it's like witchcraft or all that stuff. There's a lot of stigmas based off of this. But again, I'll explain in a little bit like how it's connected to therapy. Um, But the idea of shadow work, again, is just helping to embrace. So here is somewhat practitioners said of shadow work and what it helps. So it helps with identifying and countering negative personal traits as well as negative traits that society has instilled in yourself. Also, another great idea with shadow work, learning to be more accepting of yourself. So not just accepting the parts that have been socially acceptable, but your full self. Next one, understanding the challenges that other people face with their shadow selves. So once you're able to do shadow work, you're going to start being able to pick up and understand what other people's shadows are because we all have them. Next one, confronting trauma, grief, and other challenging emotions that we have experienced. And the last positive, according to practitioners, understanding 
when you do shadow work, there's a deeper understanding how society, childhood, and various relationships influence your own lives and your own interactions with people. So it also could even motivate good acts, like a person might be confronting their implicit biases, which they might not usually think about, and it can help them change and develop a new perspective on life and on themselves. So now that I explained a little bit of the concept of the shadow work, so it's again, it's tapping into your psyche. It's really focusing on how our negative experiences have really influenced us, whether that's our implicit biases or prejudices. It could even be deeper as to the trauma we've experienced. So here is some ways to how to practice the shadow work. So again, it is not a common practice and few people are even trained in this psycho, this form of psychotherapy. But again, it all starts again with the willingness. So you have to be motivated within yourself to want to change, right? So unless you are ready to change, we can't even get through all of these ways to practice shadow work. So you have to have an intrinsic motivation within yourself to want to change and to work on something. So once you get over that step, then we can get really into the specific strategies we can do because this work is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to embrace parts of yourselves that you have masked, that you hide. And I'll explain the shadow archetypes in a little bit once we get through the explanation of what shadow work is. So one way we can practice shadow work is dream analysis. So Carl Jung, highly va- he valued dreams big time because it's a way for us to tap into our un- unconscious mind. And also it can really help us get into the beginning stages of, okay, this shadow self. So if you can start to log your dreams and look for repeated themes or symbols or notice any aspects of your mind that you usually ignore, a person might want to, again, just you got to if you have any questions, you can always go to a professional, a Jungian analyst. There's plenty of them out there if you want to know more. But the whole point of dream analysis is tracking your dream. So when you have a dream, okay, let's think deeply. What happened in the dream? What was the specific theme or what was, was there any specific symbols that you continue to see? Like, uh, like I talked to someone that had many dreams of like zombie apocalypses and the fear of dying and the fear of losing everything. So that was something, right? So again, it took multiple dreams and just being aware, okay, what are some symbols or what are, or what is this dream trying to tell me? So that's dream analysis. Another way to practice shadow work is journaling. So journaling can help a person explore their unconscious mind through thoughts and desires by looking for patterns and themes. A person can follow prompts, tell stories, talk about their day or engage in free association. So if you guys want to know more, I can also provide particular journal prompts that I can put in the show description so that way you guys can know. But journaling is another form. Another one, psychoanalysis. So psychoanalysis was, according to Jung, the ideal avenue for exploring the shadow self. In psychoanalytic psychotherapy, an analysis helps a person interpret dream archetypes, symbols in their unconscious mind, and the true motives behind their actions. So psychoanalysis, again, is similar to dream analysis, but you have a professional tracking your dreams and and looking for symbols or specific 
motives behind the actions in the dreams or the actions that you even get into. And the last one, sand tray therapy. So sand tray therapy uses sand trays to promote meditative mindfulness and to encourage a person to create scenes that actually decide their inner life. This may help them explore their unconscious mind and shadow self. So again, these are just four ways that we can really get into some shadow work. But if you guys are beginners, like I know for myself, like I've done a little bit of shadow work, but for my beginners out there, again, do not get overwhelmed. Again, if you want to find and seek professional help, there is some resources out there. But here's some main important just tips. Again, going slow. Don't dig in deep right away. Give yourself some time to work on the parts of yourself that you mask. Again, if you're going to go in full full speed, some people, that's how they roll and good for them. But, you know, especially when we're dealing with a lot of traumatic situations we've been through or, you know, really deep core wounds that we have, take your time with it. So that's the first tip. The second one, being mindful that this can be difficult and upsetting. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be sunshines and rainbows and it's going to be smooth. Like shadow work is hard. It's going to be very stressful at times. So make sure you're also practicing your own self-care and also being compassionate for yourself when unexpected thoughts or things happen while even doing shadow work. Because again, you know, like you're trying to dig deep and understand yourself. So be compassionate with yourself along the way. Reward yourself after completing a good session. So again, just an also another, the last tip, again, this is all about spiritual healing and getting close to acceptance. And acceptance is a term, a mental health term, you know, where we are appreciative and we accept whatever it is that has happened to us. We embraced it and we're able to move forward. So just remember that. Also, again, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, can also help you get the idea of it. So to wrap up this first topic again, I'll just give you guys some shadow work prompts and exercises for you guys to think about. You can practice alone. You can journal these prompts. Give yourself some time to reflect. So here are some questions, and I'll make sure, again, to put them in the show description as well so that way you guys have it. So. Here are some questions, some topics for you guys to really dig in deep, and then we'll get into the archetypes. So the first question, what things do you fear others discovering about you? The second one, do you ever feel shame? Why? The third one, what are your biggest triggers and where do they come from? The fourth question, what are your negative self images or thoughts about yourself? The fifth one, when you are angry at others, what things do you think about them? And the last one, what do your recent dreams tell you about your fears? So those are all shadow work prompts for you guys if you just want to get started into it that you guys can start to dig deeper and answer. Again, these questions, it's not going to be a yes or no. It's going to be some deep thought. So make sure you are in the right mental space to engage in them before doing so. Because it, can, it, because it can, it can be very rewarding. Now that we talked a little bit about the concept of shadow work, I just figured it would be very interesting to connect a little mental health to this as well. I know I mentioned a little bit about CBT and how that can help because it's talk therapy and you're answering some of these questions. Like, what are your triggers? 
What are some things you think about in the moment when someone hurt you? I know DBT is um, dial, uh, diabolical um, behavioral therapy. Don't quote me exactly on the D. I, I forget the the first the first word for it, but that is more of in the moment therapy. So while you are feeling anxious, what is going on in your head? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? It can be very intense, but it can also be very rewarding because it helps you just relive and just refocus that moment. So that way, moving forward, you know what to do. Um, But again, so as I was given some of these questions, like negative self-image, right? Thoughts about yourself. The whole cognitive behavioral model is the concept of how our thoughts impact our feelings and then impact our behaviors, right? So questioning those thoughts, multiple podcasts we've talked about. So shadow work, there's a lot of connection between shadow work and mental health. So do not give in to the stigmas that, oh, shadow work is like rich witchcraft and all that stuff because it's another outlet, another form to really help you embrace those parts of yourselves that we might hide and mask from others. Uh, Because again, there could be a lot of shame, there could be a lot of fear, there could be a lot of things, right? If we really show our true selves. So when it comes to the first topic, I can't believe we're already 18 minutes in. So we're gonna take a quick little break here. And when we come back, I'll talk about the 12 archetypes, just give a little summary of them and wrap up with our weekly tarot. But you guys are listening to Your Spiritual Best Friend with Josh Sanchez. We will be right back. Hey everyone. This episode is brought to you by Podcatch as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcatch gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running. But with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash. And best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcash.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-H dot com. I hope to see your future podcast. All right, guys, and we are back. So our first topic, we really talked about what is shadow work, who developed it, and how it relates to some mental health. Now we're going to get into the 12 archetypes, the 12 Jungian archetypes. And once you understand some of these archetypes, I want you guys to think about, hey, do I fit in to any of these archetypes? This can be a really good way to help you guys understand yourself and even think about, you know, the shadow work. So we're going to get started right away with the first archetype. So we have the sage archetype. The sage contains the wisdom and knowledge to find the truth and to be free. However, they are often afraid of ignorance and being misled. They are also known as the scholar, the detective, the philosopher, academic, and researcher. So the whole point of this, of the sage archetype, right, 
is our wisdom. It's our parts of ourselves that we want to learn. We want to dig into the truth and to be free. But the big fear here is being ignorant or not being fully knowledgeable in certain topics and often being misled or, you know, having or misguided. Right. So that's something for you guys to think about for the sage archetype. The second archetype we got is the magician. The magicians, they're always charging and evolving. They want to make their dreams come true and a win-win situation to their problems. A disadvantage, however, is that their behavior could affect others and may cause negative outcomes. They're also known as the visionary, the inventor, the shaman, then the catalyst. Right. So, again, this is all about changing and evolving this part of ourselves. Right. That we want to evolve and grow into a new person and, you know, solve all of our problems. But we also have to be mindful of how our behaviors are impacting others. Right. So that's a big thing for the magician. The next one, the and again, these are the self types. My fault. I forgot to explain. So these that I'm reading first, there's four of them are the self types and then the rest and then the next four are the ego types. And then the last four are the soul types. OK, so my apologies before, because I know I really got into it. So the next one we got is the gesture. The gesture, as the name implies, is very outgoing and they tend to live in the moment, the present moment. However, they can be quite lazy or greedy. They never take themselves seriously and tend to break down other people's walls. They are also known as the trickster. All right. So that's pretty much self-explanatory. These people are present in the moment, but can be lazy and greedy and take that greed onto others. The next one we got is the ruler. This is the classic leader. They want order and stability. They strive for excellence. They want people to follow their lead. This is a power archetype, and it can often lead to tyranny. One of their biggest fears is being overthrown or having no rule. They are also known as the boss, the king, and the administrator, right? So this one, right, the whole concept of being a leader, right, being a good leader and the fear of losing that leadership, that is an archetype. So those are the four self-types. We got Sage, the Magician, the Jester, and the Ruler. Now we're going to get into the ego types. And again, if I'm moving too fast, you can always pause the podcast, jot down whatever notes you're feeling, and just take your time. Okay? So the next one we got, the ego types. The innocent. The innocent is optimism, and their goal is happiness. They see the good in everything. They want to please others. However, they are scared of being punished for doing the wrong thing. They are also known as the domestic, the romantic, and the dreamer. So we all have an innocent part of ourselves, right? And the fear of being punished is the big thing here for this ego type. The next one we got is the orphan. The orphan is a lonely archetype that wants to belong and connect with others. They don't want to be left out. They wish to develop ordinary, solid virtues. virtues. However, they can often play the victim and feel betrayed a lot. They tend to be innocent, but also have a clinical side. No, a cynical side. My fault. I was way off clinical. Not even close. <laughs> so the orphan, right, is the lonely archetype. Have we felt lonely? Have we, have we felt that disconnect with others? So that's an archetype just to think about. 
The last one for the ego archetypes is the caregiver. The caregivers are, empath are empathetic. They wish to protect others, providing a lot of material affection. They can be quite selfless in making sure that everyone is safe. In extreme case cases, they can even be controlling. So the whole point of the caregiver archetype, right, is the idea of protecting others, being there for others, right? Are we overstepping? Are we understepping? So that's something for you guys to think about. And the last four archetypes, we have the soul types. So the first one we got is the rebel. The rebel likes to provoke and change what they don't think is right. They usually care about others' opinions. Thus, going against authority is uncommon. The goal is to cause a revolution or to get revenge. However, they can be quite self-destructive in doing so. They have a fear of being powerless and unable to do anything for their, for their cause. So when we feel powerless, right, we want to get even with people. We want to start a riot. We want to start a rebellion, right? So the rebel is a big soul type. Next one we got is the lover. The lover loves everything to do with the heart and intimacy. They want to be close to others and enjoy seeing other people's happiness. However, they are scared of being alone or becoming a wallflower. They are also known as the partner and the sensualist, right? So this is all about heart and love and intimacy. And intimacy has many forms, as you guys heard on plenty of podcasts. We have emotional, spiritual, physical, right? So the lover could be an archetype we all feel. The next one we got is the explorer. The explorer likes to travel, discover new things about themselves, other people, or places. They want to experience a more fulfilling life. However, the downside could be the explorer searches for perfection and is never able to find it. Right. So we might have this vision of the ideal life or the perfect life. But if we're so busy striving for it, we can miss what's right in front of us. And the last archetype we got is the creator. The creator likes to make new things, create things in order to create something new. They want to have their vision seen by others. They are very artistic. However, they can be quite the perfectionist and have bad solutions to certain problems. Thus, their creation may not be as effective as they thought it would be. They are also known as the artist, inventor, musician, and writer, right? So these are the 12 archetypes that you guys can really think about. As I was reading them, what are some archetypes that you feel like you apply to the most? I know, I know it could definitely be a lot. And to wrap up this this topic before we get into our astrology or uh, tarot card reading topic my fault because next podcast i'll talk a little bit more astrology we're going to go over to archetypes based off of this image so again i'm going to read a couple of these and this can all help you so the first three i'm going to read provide structure in your life so caregiver right the whole idea of caregiver is service right the ruler right we're all rulers of our own life right but the whole main concept is the sense of belonging. Do we feel like we fit in? Do we feel like we belong in our community and the people we are ruling over in our life? The third one for providing structure is the creator, which is innovation. So creating something new, thinking about things in the future, right? 
So those are all provide structure. The next one, Steve's connect to others. So we got the lover, right? That's all about intimacy, like we talked about. We have the gesture, which is all about the concept of pleasure. And then we also have every man, which is the sense of belonging, right? So these are all the ones that, you know, give us that sense, right, of connecting with others. Next ones, these all leave a mark. So we have the hero, the mastery, right? We have the magician, power, the outlaw, liberation. So some of these terms are a little different from one of the references. But again, you know, the whole point is, right, these 12 archetypes all have some form of meaning that, you know, we can connect with. And then the last one, learn for spiritual. We have innocent, sage, and the explorer, right? So explorer is about freedom. Sage is empathy. Innocence is safety. So these are the 12 archetypes. So I know it's a lot of info at once. I might even add a little bit more and dig a little deeper on our, on the next podcast. But I just wanted to give you guys some terms and let me know what you guys feel again. The questions for shadow work will be provided in the show description. So if you guys are curious and want to get started, you guys can be my guest. So to wrap up this podcast, we're going to go right into some tarot cards. I'm going to pull three cards. My question first before we get started is thank you, Ancestors, for providing me and my podcast listeners an outlet for us, you know, to connect spiritually. And hopefully you guys can give everybody guidance that listens to this podcast for this up and coming week. So I'm going to split the deck. Thank you, Ancestors. And let's get started with today's reading. So my question is... To my ancestors, what energy should me and my podcast listeners expect this up and coming week? So this is recorded on Monday. So for the rest of this week, Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Sunday, what should me and my podcast listeners expect for this up and coming week? So I'm going to do a couple more shuffles and then we'll go from there. All right. Do one more. Let's get started. Sorry, I just felt like I needed one more. All right, so we got one. Let's see. Oh, that one dropped. Two and three. Those are the ones that stuck out to me. All right, let's get started. So what we got, we got judgment. We have five of wands and we have three of cups. So... First, we're going to do a little reading of what the card is telling us, and then we'll do our own interpretations based off of what the reading is said. So for the first one we got, we got the judgment card. So if you guys, let me just pull up the guidebook first, and then we'll go right there. So judgment, this is the second to the last major arcana card. So if you guys could see here live on YouTube, um, on if you're listening audio, not to worry. Um, I usually post some of the tarot card readings on my Instagram. So we got judgment. This involves reflection, inner calling, reckoning, awakening. Judgment often suggests introspection and self-assessment of your past and current behavior. Now is the perfect time to weigh your actions and see it, that they are in line with your values and beliefs. The things you did in the past or are doing today, do they reflect your core values or and beliefs? Do they direct you to your goals or purpose? 
So this is a really good card. This card is screaming me, screaming to me right away as I'm reading and I did a little bit of the guidebook. Again, it's inner calling. It's a good idea for you guys to just think about, are you on the right path? Do you feel like your work is fulfilling you spiritually, emotionally? Do you feel like you're getting closer to your life purpose? So this is the whole idea of judgment. If you haven't done the work, it's going to be a big wake-up call. If you have, it's going to be a pretty good ego boost for you. So just think about that during the course of this week. Are you aligned? Do you feel like you are connected and on the right path? The second card we got, we got the five of wands. I like this card because you have five you have five people grabbing a wand. It seems like they're working together here. So that's what I see and notice right away. But let's see what the guidebook is telling us, and we'll do our own interpretation of it. So five of wands, competition, disagreements, clashing of egos. The five of wands symbolizes a passionate struggle and fiery conflicts. When this card appears in a reading, it calls, it, uh, calls attention to disharmony in your life. You may be engaged in a mental or physical warfare with those around you that brings up feelings of content and anger and all of those involved in the fighting. If it resonates within you, you must dig deep within to find a way to bring peace once again to your inner circle. It is important to remember that constant arguing doesn't always solve problems but rather it only adds anxiety and discord to your life and the lives of the people you care about. So for my people, again, in order to gain freedom from here, and if you're engaging in these arguments, the whole point is not to be right in the arguments, right? But it's important to extend a branch, right? Okay, we might not agree here, but in order to move forward, what is it that we both need to do in order to move forward? What are some things for myself that I need to do so that way I'm not adding more fuel to the fire, to whatever the disagreement is? So I want you guys to think about the disagreements in your life currently. Do you feel like you're constantly having the same repetitive arguments with that similar person or similar people? That could be the indication that, okay, maybe our approach and what we're saying we're not being heard on what we're saying. So we need a different approach. And how we do that right is instead of focusing on who's right in the situation, we need to focus on, okay, what can we do to move forward? And the last car we got, we got the three of cups. And I love this image. You have three wonderful people just all holding a cup and I just like it because it seems to me like there's some unity here, but I could be, you know, I could be a little off. We'll see. So the three of cups, celebrations, good conversations, happiness. There is a saying in New Orleans, so I'm not going to read the full saying, but the three cups tarot card is a perfect rep representation of the New Orleans frame. So it's pretty much let the good times roll. It symbolizes a cause for celebration and reunions. Whether it might be a wedding, a family reunion, a baby shower, or another small event, when this card arrives, a party is soon to ensure. Three is also a number of creation. So the three of cups can indicate a creative period. During this period, new ideas will come to life and will be well received by others. So overall, again, so this is good times are coming, right? And, and it can cause a celebration in your future. So no matter what this victory is, sure, the reason, again, is the main point of it is to get excited and good times are ahead of you. 
So overall takeaways from this week, we're going to we're going to feel feelings of judgment, right? So questioning, like, are we on the right path? Are have we put in the work to get into the light to the right path? Our calling. So that's something to look at this week. If you guys are having any conflicts with others, question your approach. Have we been arguing the same point over and over and over again? If we have, we need a different approach, right? Again, the main point is not to be right. It's what can we do to move forward, especially if this involves people we really care about. And then the third one, if you've done this work, there's going to be points of celebration and good times ahead. So this week, it might be stressful a little bit, but usually by the end of the week, we should at least have one good celebration or some good times ahead. So hopefully next week, you guys can email me some celebrations you guys have had or things you guys have realized. But when it comes to the podcast, that is it for the podcast. So if you guys love it, please hit that like and subscribe button. Your subscriptions would really help boost the podcast overall. If you ever want to do a tarot card reading or astrology reading with me, I I can do that as well. The link will be in my show description so you guys can check that out. Or just simply go to Find Your Harmony. I'll be there Tuesday nights and on the weekend. So I'll be there this weekend. And I also will be there this Wednesday. So just come on out if you want to do an astrology chart. And you can also book online as well. But I hope you guys have a wonderful night, a wonderful week. Stay safe. Do some inner work. And uh, let me know how it goes. But this is Josh officially signing off.